It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. What I'm going to talk about, I mean, we're coming up to when Valentine's is. And quite frankly, I am just done over Valentine's. I think what we really need to be doing is looking at what is, what's the reason behind it, and why should we only be doing it one day a year? So I'll go into that a little, you know, uh, in much greater depth uh, into the middle of the show. But something that jumped off of a Facebook page for me is that apparently, uh, this is uh, an article that's dated from February 7th, that the Michigan Senate passed a bill making anal sex punishable by 15 years in prison. And the measure itself was apparently snuck into a bill banning animal abuse. Now, here's the other thing people have to be aware of. Some of the things that were included in this, talking about it being what they call it, mankind, was also brought forward by a woman by the name of Judith Reisman. And there was a case in Texas where there, there were a couple in Texas who were in their own you know, home, in their own bedroom, and they were engaging in uh, sexual play, and they were arrested for sodomy. And that was the ruling in Lawrence versus Texas. So here's what the Michigan bill, the state law, says. It makes anal sex punishable by up to 15 years in prison is not specifically targeted at gay people as it's illegal regardless of whether a couple is same sex or different sex. Okay, fair. Everyone gets treated um, equally by this. Instead, the sodomy ban is directly linked to a law against bestiality, meaning having sex with animals essentially saying that the two are equal. So sodomy and bestiality are, according to the Michigan Senate, equal. Uh, I don't think so. Anyway, the, the state law states that it's felony for anyone to commit the abominable and detestable crime against nature with mankind or, any, or with any animal. I mean, it's the with mankind wording that creates the loophole to keep sodomy ban intact, even though, and this is what I was referring to earlier, the 2003 ruling in Lawrence versus Texas, which declared it unconstitutional. Now, now that the bill has passed through the Senate, it's headed to the House for approval, which means there's still time to change the wording and keep mankind out of it entirely. 
But for GOP Senator Rick Jones, says an attempt like that would put the entire bill created to protect animals in jeopardy. Well, I don't want to. I don't know how to tell you this, Rick Jones, but humankind and animals um, are usually considered to be, unless we're talking about mammals, as two separate groups to look at. If we're talking animals and we're talking humans, okay, a human can be an animal. But in this case, he's supposedly put this bill forward for the protection of animals. Now, here's the other thing he said, putting it in jail. The minute I cross that line and start talking about the other stuff, it won't even get another hearing. I'll be done, says Jones. Nobody wants to touch it. I would rather not even bring up the topic because I know what would happen. You'll get both sides screaming and you end up with a big fight that's not needed because it's unconstitutional. Well, the other thing that I probably might suggest to Rick Jones is that he put the humankind in there so that he would get it passed through by the other members of the Senate. And anyways, to me, this is really, we are talking about this in this day and age. I mean, the number of people who practice bestiality is small at best, but there's no question it does and has happened. And mainly when it's happened has been someone who is younger and they're exploring their sexuality and they are in rural environments. And, you know, the when Kinsey did his work and was doing his surveys, now understand who Kinsey was. Many people have no clue. He was actually a top-notch entomologist, meaning he studied bugs. And his bug of choice happened to be the gall wasp. So he was known for all of the study and incredibly impeccable statistics about these, you know, however many hundreds of thousands of gall wasps that he had in his collection, which is why the uh, university, the, the Indiana, approached him to do a survey and teach a class because he was so, you know, detail-oriented for the married students at the um, university. That's how he ended up being asked and being brought in to teach the class. And in order to teach the class, he felt he needed to have accurate information because there really wasn't very much real, real-time information on what people were doing sexually or what they wanted to know. That is how he came to write about the, the Kinsey you know, male sexuality and then the Kinsey female sexuality reports. And he found that there were many more things that people had no idea that women were doing that were standard for a lot of women. Now, understand, only married couples could go to this class. It's kind of like, yeah, right, as if single people were not having sex. Ah, yeah, they were. Hey, by the way, here's another fun factoid. When, you know, we talk about the Puritans and how pure they were and how, you know, pure as driven snow, well, it's like, is it someone I said it's like, 25 to 50% of Puritan brides were pregnant when they got married. Here's the thing. Mother Nature knew how to put together a sex drive, okay? And think about in when the Puritans were around, there really wasn't a whole lot to distract them, which takes me to another fun point. Did you see, watch the Super Bowl and see the ads? There was one series of ads talking about, and these kids were referred to as Super Bowl babies 
meaning mom and dad got, you know, all excited after their team won and a child was conceived. Well, probably there are going to be a lot more people coming forward saying that they, too, were Super Bowl babies. They just didn't know that was the name for it. And so I also did a review of looking at the the show, the halftime show, the the advertisements, and there were times, I have to tell you, the one that I was like, you are kidding me that you just spent however many millions, is it 3.5 million for 30 seconds, for a thing called opiate-induced constipation. I mean, yeah, that's enough to get people really excited. But what it has me look at is if they're willing to spend that amount of money to let people know that they have this thing to counteract the drug that people are already taking, there must be a lot of people who are dealing with this. Now, understand one thing. When you are taking an opiate, when you're taking a painkiller, what it does is it ends up slowing down the GI tract. So it also slows down the movement of food through your body and through the lower gut and the bowel. And what happens when food and when things, because you probably know, your small intestine and your large intestine, that's where the absorption of food occurs. But if it stays too long within the small intestine and particularly the large intestine where water is reabsorbed, it gets very hard and that's where people get their constipation. So think about how many people must be on these pain meds who they are now having to take another medication to counteract their drugs. Um, You know, maybe some yoga, maybe some mindfulness techniques. You know, there's no question if someone has urgent pain, they need to take care of it now. Yet for many people, they're taking things ongoingly and they're basically sort of being told, oh, don't worry, you can can just keep taking it. Um, No. That means your body's not taking care of itself. I was listening to a gentleman by the name of Joe Dispenza over the weekend, and they were giving people, this is the power of your mind, just to go back to this. And we have the power of our mind in so many different areas, in our relationships, in dealing with our jobs, in dealing with how we feel about our bodies. And he was looking at that if you are, these are people who had been told that they were being given the placebo for a, they they were in a pain study, but they were being given a placebo and told they were being given the placebo. Well, at the end of the, you know, the course of the medication, they came back and they said they, you know, they had X amount of drop-off of pain, they had much less pain, and this is even though they had been told at the beginning, you are not getting the medication. This is what their comment was to the researchers. Oh, well, you must have been mistaken because I got it. I got the compound. Mm, No. What that tells you is that your body has its own ability to create its own natural pain suppression system, which your body does have. And for many people, what I look at is these things massively impact people's ability to connect with a partner, to connect with their own body. They feel like there's something wrong with their body. And we need to get ourselves a little bit more back on track with, look, your body, you came in with this incredible 
incredibly fabulous body that can do so many things. It's self-healing, is self-generative, and that includes your brain. The reason they could, they didn't think that people could regenerate brain or do anything with neural tissue, when they did rat studies, they kept these poor little rats in the same cage, in the same little box with no additional stimulation. So there was no nothing more for them to learn, which when we come back, I'm going to tell you how to learn about new things, how to download them, and keep them fresh. We're going to our first break. Please stay with me. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Traditional American breakfast, including fried egg, bacon, toast, and potatoes, must seem really heavy to the rest of the world. When my husband and I were in the Amazon, our breakfast consisted of crocodile, deep-fried piranha, and bananas. I can assure you, I ate pretty lightly. For breakfast in Russia, some people enjoy a spoonful of jam in their tea. Now, that sounds yummy. What's a word for a person who loves jam? A paziwala. What's another word for weak tea? Whack rowdy dow. Salamagundi was originally an English dish of chopped meat, anchovies, and eggs, garnished with onions, lemon juice, oil, and condiments. Mornings at our house are too hectic to go to all that trouble for breakfast. I'm scrambling just to get some eggs on the table. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. One notable arch enemy is belly fat. There are two types of fat found around your midsection, subcutaneous fat and visceral fat. Subcutaneous fat appears underneath the layers of your skin. Visceral fat is a dangerous fat that's around your organs. According to the Mayo Clinic, Visceral fat settles around the vital organs in the abdomen and increases the risk for heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, breast cancer, colorectal cancer, and premature death. While a small amount of belly fat is not unhealthy, an excessive amount can increase your risk for health problems. Adding extra cardio to your exercise routine and cleaning up your diet can help you diminish belly fat. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Keeping you healthy, happy, and fit at AnnetteHammond.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, any questions that you might have for me, my new website is finally up. I mean, I feel like sending up little rocket flares here. And that's www.loupaget.com. I have a free ebook on there 
four people who sign in, and they can that will be sent uh, directly to you. And the other thing that when I was doing this website, I wanted it to be more interactive for you. So any questions you might have or anything, you know, comments, please just let me know. And you can, you know, contact or you can just send an email to office at loupaget.com, L-O-U-P-A-G-E-T.com. So before the break, what I said we'd talk about is our, well, I'll talk about, is how to keep something fresh in your brain, new material that you've learned. And I was talking about... Initially, they said that the brain cannot regenerate. Oh, yes, it can. And what they found is that what they were doing is they were doing studies with rats that were kept in exactly the same environment with no new stimulation. Henceforth, they did not have any new generative, um, no neurogeneration for their brains to respond to new experiences. But then when they put them into an enriched and, you know, uh, heightened place where they could run around, do new things, their brains did change. Now, your brain actually has exactly the same capacity. Now, this is good news in a lot of ways for you. First off, you can have the attitude that you can enjoy your partner or you can have the attitude you're pissed off at your partner. Your choice, right? And if you are being ticked off at your partner, what does that tell you you are doing? You're going into the past, right? You're not going forward. So your whole future is about being lived in the past. And we've met a few of those people, right? The people who are like, oh, my God, my world is, you know, upside down because of what happened six years ago. It's like, does it really matter? Look, you can have been treated very badly. You can have an unbelievably awful experience with something. Yet, if you keep living your life that that is your world now, you are living in the past. And all you are doing is reinforcing being upset. So, again, this is Joe Dispenza that I was listening to over the weekend, and his name is spelled D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A. Again, D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And any of you who may have watched the movie What the Bleep, He was one of the experts in it. And actually, he never, the person who approached him to be in it, he was kind of like, yeah, okay, I'll I'll be in it. And, I mean, then it just blew up as this worldwide phenomenon. And yet what he's done, his most recent book, which I'm going to be ordering it later today, is entitled um, uh, Placebo, that you are the placebo. And what he looks at is how you are able to change your, you you are able to basically rewire your own brain and it it requires, but it's like something like learning to ride a bike, okay? At first, it's going to seem like, wow, this is a lot of work. But as soon as you get, as soon as you know how to do it, there's an ease and a simplicity and just a, you know, you've got it. It's already handled. That same thing can happen for you when you are looking at how to approach your feelings on something or your feelings about someone. Now, I'll be candid. I have had some people in my life that things were not handled uh, nicely. I think that's the best way to put it. And 
Yet if I keep myself looking backwards, I'm not looking forward. And we as human beings are on this planet to look forward. Yes, we're here to leave a legacy. Yes, we're here to create love. And love is the one of the number one things that if you can do that for yourself, let me tell you, your world will occur so differently. So how do you get yourself so that you can think differently? Well, first off, don't be thinking, don't think you can outthink your brain. Your brain's pretty powerful. What you need to have is you need to have a clarity of where you want to be and you need to have emotion behind it. And you also need to repeat what you have learned. So let's say you learn something nice to do for someone or to do for you. And you read it and you go, oh, that would be nice. That would be lovely to do. Or if you don't repeat it, like either writing it down or speaking it out loud or talking to someone else about it, teaching someone else about it, it will disappear because you have your brain has to record this information and then what it has to do is it has to burn new and create new neural programming for your brain to download it as a chunk of information that is there solidly. So he uses the example of when, if, let's say you went snowboarding. When you first do it, you're like, oh, good Lord, I'm all over the place. And then all of a sudden, the ease develops and you realize you've been working way too hard. Well, the same thing can happen in your relationship with yourself, your partner, your body, your job, because for many people, they feel like they have no control over what's happening. And I spoke today with a friend of mine who she is a coach, and she was speaking to this person who they were talking about that they were upset about something from seven years ago. And she said, well, do you want to stay seven years ago? Well, most people naturally would say uh, no, but that's exactly what they were doing. And they weren't aware they were doing it. And we also see that when we see people repeating the same relationship again and again. You know, they keep uh, attracting someone who speaks badly to them or someone who doesn't respect them. And that's something they are letting have happen. So whether you call it law of attraction or whether you call it they just do not feel good about themselves, that is something that they are the person. So what your thoughts are, is there the thing that makes you become magnetic? Your thoughts are put out into the, you know, the, the quantum field, as you, as you might call it, the quantum energetics of the field. Your thoughts go out there, and, that is, and then they become like uh, electric. But the thing that makes things magnetized to you is the feeling of it. So you, you have to have like a high, high feeling, and you have to have that focus and clear focus. So let's say you want to have a new relationship with someone who is terrific. Well, first off, you have to know what terrific looks like and feels like for you. And you have to have it be that you think about this regularly and clearly and cleanly. So, for example, for me right now, what I'm focusing on is new car. It's time for me to have a new car. So I'm looking straight at my dream board and at the new type of car that I would like to have. 
And then I think of how I will feel when I walk and get into that new car. I also have pictures of homes and places I would like to visit and how I will feel when I walk in that home, how I will feel when I drive in those gates. And that's the same kind of thing. And you may have heard me talk about this before. girlfriend of mine who was she was looking and she said, you know, I'm just going to think of how I want to feel when I'm around that person and when I'm not around that person. And she focused on that for about three months because, I mean, this is a fabulous woman. Just she is engaging, bright, pretty, great shape, and yet she always was in relationships with people that they'd sort of start off with a little bit of momentum and then they would putter out so fast it was like shocking. Yet, when she did this thing of how she wanted to feel and how she would feel, this person showed up and they've been together now two and a half years. And you can do that same thing in your own current relationship. You can change it. You can look at it differently. And one of the things that Dispenza talks about, and actually this, uh, it was a series of interviews that he was doing with a woman by the name of Lilo, L-I-L-O-U, and her surname is Mace, M-A-C-E. And so that's Lilu Mace. Look on YouTube and do Lilu Mace Dispenza, and it'll come up with one of two and two of two. And they were just posted, I like about two to three, three months ago. But what he talks about there is how you have the ability to completely shift your world. And it is something that does require a discipline to get it started, but once you know how to do it, it literally is, it becomes second nature for you. You have a a feeling about this, and the feelings have to make you feel good. I think that goes without saying, but sometimes people are, they're very happy to be miserable. Now, personally, I don't feel like being around people like that. And we're coming up to my uh, the second break. Again, any questions you might have or any comments on my new website, please let me know. That's www.loupadget.com. And please sign up for the free ebook. And when we come back, I'm going to be talking about Valentine's Day and why are we making that be one day? that it is the only day we're supposed to be, you know, sending a card or doing something else. And really the main reason it's floating around so long is because it makes so freaking much money, okay? But anyway, when we come back, we're, we've got 30 seconds out. I will also talk about, again, we're talking about how to keep things fresh. And it isn't just one day a year, okay? It is throughout the year. And the truly the number one behavior that that I have seen that works to keep relationships together. Hands down, none other than what Aretha Franklin talks about, respect. Here's the second break, and I'll be back afterwards to talk about Valentine's. This 
is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Today I called my computer helpline because I felt an overwhelming need to be made to feel ignorant by someone much younger than me. Hey, I know a few things about computers. The term reboot actually originates from the Middle Ages when horses who stopped mid-stride required a reboot to the hoof to start again. A Timinagi is another name for a device that saves you time and labor, such as a computer. Because my computer issue couldn't be resolved over the phone, they sent a Bobby Dazzler over to have a look. The technician informed me that it appeared my computer had been shaken or dropped, or as the Scottish say, misguggled. Whoops, did I mention I have a bit of a temper when things aren't working right? It's marching Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Only once every few years does a show come along that makes you think, makes you care, makes you believe the impossible. A show featuring only the best in writing, acting, and directing. Until that show comes along, we suggest Paranoria, Texas. Thrilled to the adventures of six super-powered nerds on a never-ending quest to take over the world and to complete their collection of She-Hulk comics. Paranoria, Texas, Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central on AstronetRadio.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. And on this section of the show, what I'm going to talk about is Valentine's Day. Not necessarily the history, you know, is it Hallmark and cards? Is it the Dutch, you know, flower-growing industry that wanted to have a market in the middle of the year? What really what we want to look at is if the intention behind Valentine's Day is that you are aware of your partner and you are wanting to recognize them, then why don't you do that the following Sunday? Because you know what happens once Valentine's is gone? Poof, it's almost like Valentine's is like... Boof, gone, disappeared. And one of the other things I find really quite amusing, and this was from a friend of mine, she had a very high-end gift box company. So in other words, if you wanted to put together a gift basket of all kinds of different things, someone for sports, someone for this, Kendra had great baskets. And she used to say, I just don't get why women think they're the only person that just because you know they're female, they're the only people who should be receiving something at Valentine's Day that they couldn't be further from the truth. And, you know, until she said that, it hadn't really dawned on me that that really is, you know, has or had been a real focus. In the same way, now we at least have, when women get their engagement rings, men get theirs as well. And depending on who, you know, the couple is. But what I like to look at for Valentine's Day is, are there role models of really terrific 
relationships that you can follow. Because many times the things that we're seeing in the media are not the things that really give you the the inside scoop, like the the idea behind someone who is crazy about someone and just wants to be there with them. You know, it's not bells and whistles all the time. It's not swinging from the chandelier sex. To the contrary, it's that they really like to be around one another and they remember how they felt when they first met that person. And I'll use one person, um, Jimmy Carter. When he met Rosalind, his wife, I remember hearing him being interviewed, he had, you know, was home and someone said, well, why don't you go to this dance? Well, apparently Rosalind at that point was engaged to someone else, and he literally came home after that dance and said to his mother, I met the woman I'm going to marry. And when he did propose to her, Rosalind turned him down and said no. And then he proposed again. And it took a number of proposals before she said yes. And yet for him, this is the person he would do anything for. Going back into other uh, presidents who had great romances and had great you know, connection to their partners was Harry Truman, Harry and Bess Truman. Now, they met when he was six and she was five. Yet, what we see is these are couples. To me, it's not about how many years someone stays together because they may have 54 years of not so great. So the length of time is not the most important thing. But the quality is what is so crucial. Uh, use another example uh, from uh, in you know today's news is Liam Neeson. Any of you who saw his Super Bowl ads, by the way, the young man that was in the Super Bowl ads with him was his uh, son, Michel. And after his wife um, uh, died in that you know tragic skiing accident, she should have gone to the hospital earlier. I mean, that was what happened. She had a, um, a cranial bleed. But when she died, I mean, his whole world fell apart. Well, now he is apparently in a new relationship. He's being very private about it. But for most people, what they want in their life is to love and be loved. It's not a whole lot more complicated than that. And what I, you know, for people who are single when it comes to Valentine's Day, that can often create what, you know, they call, you know, what is it, single, you know, something disorder. (laughs) But really... If you are, I mean, I'll tell you, there's no place that is lonelier than in a relationship with someone who does not want to be there with you. If you are not in a relationship with someone who wants to be with you, um, maybe have a, do a review of can you change it, can you change what your perception of it is. Because you can't do anything over there. You can't change someone else's mind, regardless of what you do. You can't change it by your behavior. You can't change it by what you say. And you most assuredly cannot think them into treating you the way you wish to be treated, which is why when I hear read these articles that say, make him fall in love with you, I'm like, ha, are you kidding me? You're out of your mind. That doesn't work. What does work is when you become magnetic. That's what my friend did. She started, she started thinking about how she wanted to feel. And when she was feeling like that, you know, she was feeling, you know, 
fabulous about herself. She was gold on the inside. You know, as, as the comment goes, Joe Dispenza says, lead does not attract gold. Gold attracts gold. And someone who is enjoying their lives, there was a, an article that I had read last week, and it was uh, Princess Marie of um, Denmark. And she was a professional young woman in, in France, and she met the prince at a party, and she said, look, I had a great life. I did not need to have a Danish prince come and, you know, whisk me away. And so initially she did not know if she wanted to become involved with the, the duties and requirements of being a member of a royal family. She really, she was kind of like, I don't know. And yet he knew what he saw. And that is something that I'll tell you, it doesn't matter if someone is straight, gay, bi, whatever it may be, when men see what they want, they you might as well slap the shark fin on top of their head and play the theme song from Jaws because they become incredibly, they're very focused and they become very strategic. And I remember one man who he was going through a divorce and he had kind of let himself go and he said, I've got to get myself to the gym. And I was, we were golfing, and I said, oh, really? He said, absolutely. He said, he said, how am I supposed to, how is anyone supposed to find me appealing and attractive? He said, my body, he said, I look like a piece of bruised fruit. I have got to get myself back in shape. But you know what? He was honest, and he was right. Because when someone wants to be with someone, and that's why when I look at what happens with people on Valentine's Day, I remember being at... Uh, club that I used to work out at, and these women were talking in the locker room of how much money their boyfriends or husbands were going to be spending on a reservation, that they got the reservation where they wanted it, that they got the table where they wanted it, and what went through my head was, this is all about bragging rights. This is not about wanting to spend time with someone. I mean, I would much rather, you know, stay at home, have a lovely glass of wine, and do something with my partner, then go out and spend ridiculous amounts of money for a quick, rushed meal. And did you know that, it, what is it, that the price of roses goes up two to three times around Valentine's Day? Because they know that's what people are going to be ordering. And, I mean, at this point, I prefer, you know, because here's what, here's what happens once you're past the Valentine's Day thing. When you really listen to what someone likes and wants, maybe they want to have some fresh herbs that they can put in a window and, and grow and then have that when you know they're preparing meals. Or maybe they do want one fine piece of chocolate, but they don't have to have a great big huge thing. They can have a small one. Yet what people start to do is become you know, whether you call them sheeple or whatever you want. But the thing that is important for me about any time that you're told you have to behave a particular way is I then want to look at how much money is someone getting and how much money is someone making because they're trying to tell me I have to think a particular way. Mm, I don't think so. It's like telling women they have to wear XYZ shoes or this jacket or this something else. Women can make up their own mind how they wish to present themselves. That They don't need to have 
someone tell them, oh, this is the, you know, the current thing to do. What you will see, I have a degree in buying and merchandising from Fashion Institute in New York, and one of the things I will tell you is there's a C word, and it's called cycles. And that means those god-awful clod-hoppery shoes that people were clomping around in, now they're finally going on, and what's coming back in is a classic slimline, pointed-toe pump. And they are some of the most comfortable, and they also tend to make just about every woman's legs look longer. If any of you watched Lady Gaga on the Super Bowl halftime, oh, no, she was singing the national anthem. She must have had on absolute stilt platform shoes because she's not overly tall, but these pants were like, yikes. Now, that's fine if you're using it for a costume, but for the majority of people, they want to have something that elongates their leg and gives them a nicer look. Uh, It doesn't have to be an overly expensive shoe, but it has to be something that makes you feel good. Now, we're coming up to our final break here, and what I want to talk about when we come back is what are the things that you do that make you feel good inside? Because that's what will make you magnetic. That's the feeling, the emotion is your magnet, okay? And how you are thinking is the thing that literally goes out. Every thought that you have impacts every single cell in your body. Now, doesn't that make you go, wow, no wonder some people have an upset stomach all the time. They're always worried about how much money they've got, how scarce things are. So instead of having the thought of, oh, wow, I just had this magnificent meal, their focus is on lack. Their focus is not on what is already there. Like when you're meditating, your idea of meditating is not to be thinking all the stuff about what you have to do in your to-do list. It is to literally be present. And for anyone who wants to study parts of that, check out Eckhart Tolle, T-O-L-L-E, because he is awesome at putting together stuff. And he can create and give you step-by-step things that can help you. And here we're coming up again to the final break. Please stay with me. And when I come back, we're going to be talking about what are all of the things you can do to make you feel good. Be right back. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years. 
and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. It's time to uncover the inspired team leader within you. Overcome the challenges of hidden agendas and miscommunications that create stress and a lack of productivity. Project management expert Norm Prevost and connection expert Heather Hansen O'Neill will provide you with a consistent infusion of inspiration and team strategies. In addition, your hosts will invite knowledgeable leaders to inject different viewpoints, situations, and solutions for an all-encompassing perspective on achieving winning team performance. Spend one hour each Friday transforming your mindset and increasing your skills. The Inspired Team Leaders Show, your path to innovative ideas and action items you can implement today to create a more productive team and feel amazing in your role. The Inspired Team Leader Show, heard every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time on ABRN, the all-business radio network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. So, Here's what I'm going to talk about in this segment. How and what are the things that you can do to make you feel good, to make you feel better, to give you that, I mean, because you and you alone are the only person who can make you feel good or bad, one or t'other. So here's what I ask people to look at when they come to see me, and, and I had a woman who she just said, I just feel so bad about certain things, and And I would say to her, well, if you keep going back to I feel bad, you're not going to be able to swivel your head 180 degrees and look forward and say, I want to feel good. That's a powerful statement. And so what are the things that you might do to feel good? Well, for many people, the feeling good has to start inside you. It does not... It's not an outside job. And anyone who has tried to purchase items to make them feel good or drink something to make them feel good or take a drug to make them feel good or be around something to make them feel good, they know that the real thing, you know, they may, oh, I'm going to buy this amazing piece of furniture. And I had a friend of mine who, you know, he bought these pieces of furniture and he said, you know, within a couple of days it was like, well, Sure enough, piece of furniture. But there wasn't that feeling of the feel-good inside of them because of a piece of furniture. Your inside work is the thing that has to do it, okay? So are you reading books? Are you reading things online that make you feel good? If you're reading day-to-day media crap, you're going to feel horrible, 
okay? It does not matter. The standard media sludge is just that. And um, what's the comment? Garbage in, garbage out. So if all you're doing is feeding your brain and your feelings, things that make you feel badly about things, guess where you're going to stay? You're going to stay in a state of feeling badly. But if you are reading things that, um, why do you think cat videos are so massively popular on the Internet? Because they make people feel good. They're so damn cute. Oh, did you enjoy that little hot dog commercial? All the little running dashings and they're wearing their little hot dog uh, bun coats. Oh, my Lord, that was just precious. And that's the thing that, that's why people look at all the cat videos. So whatever you're looking at online, and it's difficult. I mean, I have to look at things ongoingly because I have to be current with who's doing what with whom because when you're being interviewed or when you're talking to someone, you have to know, okay, you know, uh, what happened with Coldplay and what happened with Gwyneth Paltrow and what happened with, you know, conscious uncoupling. If you're not aware, it's going to seem like you're out of touch, which chances are you might be. However, when I look, here's the tip that I give to people. When I'm reading anything online, as soon as I see that it might be something of a less than positive nature, I just zip past it. I don't even read the headline. I won't. Because here's what happens for me. It downloads to the point where I can't get rid of it. And then I have to, but what you do when you just keep putting in good stuff, it's like, Instead of pouring in muddy water, you're putting in clear water. And the more clear water you put in, the greater your clarity of vision, the greater the clarity of your feelings. So whatever it is you are reading, whatever it is you're looking at, and, you know, NCIS indeed may be the number one TV show, uh, but it's also profoundly violent and negative. And it constantly keeps coming back with, I could choke the writers on this. Crime against terror. Oh, please. There are more terrorists in our local government than you or I are ever going to meet on a street. So what I look at and what that does is that constantly builds up that fear factor. Okay? And you're looking for something that makes you feel good. So our music, what music are you listening to? If you want to make yourself feel badly, listen to rap music. Seriously, it will it literally will zap your energy. If you want to feel better, then you get to a music, go online and research what music works best for you. And something that often will be more soothing, something that is reminds you of brings back a memory of, a, of something that is very special or made you feel good, that's the stuff you're going to want to focus on. Now, what kinds of friends are you hanging out with, okay? Because your friends have a lot to do with how you feel about yourself. Are they people who they're going somewhere in their life, they're happy, they have a sense of purpose, they're, you know, they're, they're willing to share things with you? That's what you want. You don't want someone who is constantly telling you, you know, how down their life is. You know, you have enough things around you, should you choose to, that you need to listen to things that bring you up, and that includes your friends. Now, family, that's another matter. 
if you have a toxic family member or family member that is, you know, not, it doesn't make you feel good about yourself, don't be around them. Seriously. Or if you have to be around them living in the same house, do something with a mental exercise that keeps you separate from them because that just will keep you hooked and, again, in the past. Here's another thing that can make you feel good. What kind of memories do you like to focus on when you're daydreaming? And what type of physical physicality do you do on a daily basis? Do you just walk from your house to your car and that's it? Or do you, you know, walk from XYZ to the same uh, uh, subway station? What's the comment that... 95% of what you do today, you did the day before, and the 70 to 90,000 thoughts that you will have today are going to be similar to the 70 to 90,000 thoughts you had the day before. So the big thing about change is that for many people, it's scary. Yet the only person who can be in charge of you having the life, the legacy, and the happiness that you want in your life is you. And I have a book here from a woman by the name of Dr. Lissa Rankin, L-I-S-S-A Rankin, R-A-N-K-I. And it is entitled The Anatomy of a Calling. And I haven't uh, read it yet. It was, it was sent for me for um, review. And I know that when I read this, she is absolutely, she is fearless when it comes to talking about what she went through and the things she was dealing with as an MD, as an OBGYN, when her father died, when her dog died, when she had a child. I mean, this was all within like about six weeks of one another. And that was when her whole world collided and she went, I am just so not happy being an MD. Now, for many people, they would think, oh, wow, if you're an MD or if you're an attorney or if you're this or if you're that, or if you're the head of this company, you must be happy. No. No, that's not the case at all. You make your happy, you make your feel good by you. And I've watched plenty of people be in supposedly the best jobs and the best professions, and they're not happy. And they should be doing something else. And that's what you know, Dr. Lisa Rankin did. She said, that's it. I'm, I can't do this anymore. So... You know, the memories and the things that you carry with you that make you feel good. Another thing, again, let's go outside or go and get some sun. Sun on your face, sun on your back. Vitamin D is so crucially important for your body to make cholesterol. And it also is something that just is soothing for you. Now, you know, you can sit in a window if it's cold outside. You can sit in a window and still have your back exposed and get the vitamin C that way. I'm fortunate I happen to live in Southern California, so I'm able to go outside. The other thing that a lot of people are discovering and using more of is aromatherapy. Now, when you are using aromatherapy, make sure you are using therapeutic grade oils. Do not just buy the El Cheapy Cheapies at drugstores or even at Whole Foods. 
if they're trying to tell you that this is really good quality lavender and they're charging you, you know, $5 for a 30, you know, milliliter bottle, you are not getting good lavender. You are getting cheap, poorly extracted lavender. But what aromatherapy can do is change your entire world. Those candles that they say to burn that are supposedly, those are not going to give you, those are toxic forms of aromatherapy. You need to get a good, um, as I said, therapeutic uh, uh, um, oil. And what you also need to get is some way of a a dispersing. You can uh, breathe it in. Some of them you can put topically, maybe have to cut it with a, a, a good oil like a coconut oil to put it on your skin topically. But aromatherapy works immediately. And the reason it does to make you feel better, just think of going into a spa. They always have lavender and they have a certain sound because it be, immediately soothes you. And the reason that the scent and the smell soothes you right away, the The epithelium in your nose, that is one monstrous long brain neuron. So the moment it hits that, it goes right to the area of your brain that has you relax or has you greater clarity or has you think. It it is so important. If I tell you this, I happen to be part of a group called Young Living, but they are awesome oils. We're coming up to our final 30 seconds. Thank you for being with me today. I trust you think of your Valentines a little more differently. If any of you are in uh, Michigan, do have a conversation with someone in your, you know, House of Representatives or where wherever it is your state um, representative, and take care of yourself and feel good about you because you're the one who's in the driver's seat. And again, any questions, get a hold of me on my website. Thanks so much. Until our next time together. Bye for now. you for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 